0: How did you first know you were a medium?
1: So it, it's a process. So I always equate it as a, as a process, right? So, so it's never like you just kind of have one moment, right? And you're just like, oh my gosh, this is who I am. And this is what is happening, right? It, it, it doesn't happen.
0: Welcome to what the fuck just happened. I'm your host, Liz Enton. If you listened to the intro, you know my story. If not, here's a brief summary. I'm a science-y skeptic, and when my dad died, I took a shot in the dark and decided to investigate if there was any possible evidence of an afterlife. I assumed that was as realistic as Santa Claus, but I was desperate. However, I was so blown away by what I discovered that I wrote a book and launched this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking to some fairly normal people about some really weird shit. I speak with everyone from psychic mediums and afterlife researchers to ordinary people who've had some inexplicable experiences. So come, listen, There's no need to draw any final conclusions, keep an open mind, and wonder, what the fuck just happened? This is part two of my Instagram live conversation with psychic medium Dustin Livers. Check out episode 11 for part one. Heads up. Since it's Instagram Live, the sound and editing aren't as clean as some of the other episodes, but it's still a great conversation. We now dive in and open the episode with
1: some listener questions.
0: Let's get to Aiden's question.
1: I see it now. The reason my loved one doesn't come through. Um, Do you want to answer that or do you want me to answer that? Or Um, both?
0: I'll answer from my perspective, right. from what I've heard. But again, this is more like having read the research, so you probably have a more deeper understanding. Um. So, Aiden's question: What could be the reason why a loved one does not come through in readings? I mean, what I have heard from research, it could be of many things. First of all, they don't know. Like we don't know if people have schedules, are busy on the other side. Sometimes, you know, your parents or your best friend can be calling you, and you don't answer your phone or it's not like you're scheduling with them and they're like, yes, I'm free this time. Mm -hmm. You're like, Hey, come talk to me now. It could be for some reason they don't like the medium. I don't know. That's (laughs) the
1: reason I always say, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't
0: mean there's anything wrong with the medium. Some people just don't like each mm -hmm. other for no reason. I have no idea why. And sometimes if you're getting a lot of readings, they, don't know why but they stopped coming in for a while i know i for a while was getting too many i think it was more a research thing i was just like holy shit these people are defying the laws of the universe i can't stop looking at this so i was getting too many and my dad wasn't really coming in i was still getting readings by other people but to me it was most important to talk to my dad so i talked to at the time my mentor Fran who has recently passed away which was incredibly hard for me and she was my rock through my whole grief and I would go to her with those questions and she was like you're just getting too many readings
1: i love Fran. I know i will say how fran would fran would say you're just you're just getting she's like
0: you're fucking addicted to medium ratings. stop (laughs) it stop it you know what you think you're there's your dad you talk you imagine if someone called you every five minutes you'd be talking to your dad and then you hang up and then you'd be back like dad dad you're driving Mm -hmm. him crazy give him a fucking break that's how fran talked she was my favorite person i miss her yeah dustin that was fran right
1: that sounds just like her. Yes, <laughs>
0: so that's exactly how she worded it. If you want to know,
1: oh my goodness! So, I will add that that uh, it could be in in the timing, right? So, so if we think of that idea of divine time, right? If if we're on this time, right? When when do we are we ready? When or or is there something happening now that would be changed or influenced by this reading? So I think that divine time. Can be another factor, right? Um, it's just not the right time, or there's something happening now that needs to happen before this person steps forward. So that that's one reason. Another is it's just too raw, right? Like they're not in a place where they're able to have the reading or be receptive. So that's one. And another is maybe you just it's it's the medium's energy. So not just not liking them, but maybe the this medium. There's just things about this medium that they're not able to connect with the spirit, right? So I think of, um, oh, I don't want to name drop anybody. But Liz, we we had chatted about a specific medium who had said she never gets anything political. Uh, right? She's, she she's never open to anything. Po- do you remember that conversation? I do, yes. So a spirit who's super political and a medium who doesn't believe in anything Politi- or won't talk about political, right? How, that person's not gonna come through for that, right? They're gonna, you're not gonna be able to give one of the most tailing, you know, personality traits <laughs> of this person, right? Similar with the abuse, right? If, if you're not open to connecting with people who have done bad things, you're not going to get people who have done bad things, right? <laughs> like, it's just, they're not going to connect, right? There's, there's just something there. That's-
0: also, I remember I took a class with Joe Shiel who's a wonderful medium. He said sometimes, you know, it could be the best medium in the world. Maybe something's just going on with the medium that day. Like, maybe they're sick or, uh, you know, exhausted. We all have real, these we're really shitty at what we're normally really good at. Like, every one of us has that. You know, I mean, I think that's one thing. At least there's something about, like, especially when you're in early grief, mediums almost don't feel, um, don't think this the wrong way, Dustin. You're my, f- like, all oh, you guys are total real people to me now. <laughs> like, what the- but like, mediums are almost not, like, you don't almost see them as real people, like, in the early stages. And, like, but they're just humans like everyone else. And they're going to have days they're just not good at what they do. It doesn't mean that. Consciousness doesn't survive. It doesn't mean anything. Like, we all have off days. So with so. that, I
1: will I will usually say, do you want to try again in the future? So I'll usually say, there's something happening, we can schedule another time.
0: I always imagine... I would feel this. Do you get really scared before readings or group readings that like, oh my God, what if no one comes through? Like, I feel like to, when I think about if I were a medium, that would I would be so scared about that all the time.
1: So when I was younger, I used to get an incredible amount of anxiety to the point where I would need to like breathe and John would have to calm me down. And I have anxiety just in general. <laughs> it was incredibly a, a large amount now it's healthy what we call in the literature youth stress it's it's a healthy positive stress that gets us motivated excited it gets me going to get in there and do a good reading so it's still a little anxiety provoking but it's a positive anxiety it's a positive it, it fuels me instead of turning me down Right. It kind of moves me to get in there.
0: I have, um, we have a quick question from Laura Birdie Girl. And then I have more, some more questions. How long should you wait between readings? Um, do you have insight into this? I can say I my experience
1: with that. My website I have listed on there that you will. I make people wait six months.
0: Between and, readings. Yeah,
1: for the same type of reading. So I do mm-hmm. psychic and medium. So if somebody gets a psychic reading and then they want another one. I say you have to wait six months. If you want a mediumship reading, that's fine.
0: And if you're going to different mediums, I don't think there's any time thing. Forever family will do their grief retreats and you go from medium group to medium group and some people keep getting read. I mean, I think there really isn't a space between how long. I think it's just when you start going regularly to mediums. When I was at first researching this, I started going like every week practically to a different medium and I was... I was just, it was like literally walking into a different dimension watching like science. It was just the most, I mean, yes, I was in deep grief, but it, it wasn't just like, I think the same way someone would keep getting readings who believed in an afterlife. Like this was coming from me who thought there was zero chance of it suddenly observing as well as like the healing of from medium readings that everybody probably has. It was also like, I don't know, stepping into like a five-year-old childhood fantasy and discovering it's real and you're like, this is crazy. I can't mm-hmm. stop looking at watching this yeah. and observing, I, you know? I
1: think people wait because I don't want them to become dependent on me or to become psychic junkies. You know, I'm an ethical practitioner. So I, I do not want anybody becoming dependent or, you know. And one thing that I, I'm skeptical of with, with clients yeah, we can be skeptical, too. <laughs> it's not just the, the sitters. <laughs> the mediums can be skeptical of clients. If, if you, They're going around and they're getting tons of readings. And then they may ask me, I don't know about other people, but they sometimes have asked me about time frames, you know, well, I heard from this other person that I'm going to get this job in three months. Do you see that for me? So that just puts yeah. us in an Position, right, like one of you is wrong, or or she's hanging on by a thread, or they're not going to be open to listening to anything. So that's a danger that comes with a bunch of readings, right? That's why I mean, I only go in for a reading for myself, maybe once a year or every couple years. I mean, so- I I don't go for my own readings. I I, I just can't imagine doing that myself. <laughs>
0: Yeah, from everything I know, I wouldn't recommend it for healing. I would recommend it if you're starting to actually do data research, which yeah. I wasn't doing professionally. I was doing it for myself. But it was, to me, the equivalent as if I was started to research, which I'm not smart enough to do, unfortunately, but like research string theory or like, you know, when you start diving delving into a research project of a topic that fascinates you. So I was scoring, matching things up. Like, yeah, it was very much like a data research scientific thing for me. And that was basically like the most... I just don't – it's hard to talk about, not, like, emotionally. I just don't have the words. It's, like, a level of profound transformation of understanding how the world works. I don't think our English language has the proper vocabulary for. So, like, I try to explain how – profound in the way it was profound for me and it's just we don't have language the closest I've heard people talking about that I can identify with is like when people go into outer space I don't know it, yeah it's frustrating because I know I can never really accurately communicate I can just get it maybe if someone else has experienced it it's just I guess one way and I've said this before so I kind of hope I'm not being annoying saying it again if I'm having people listen too much but it's really the best way it's if I woke up and like Saw like a weird door in my apartment that I'd lived in my whole life. And I was like, what is that? And I walked in and I entered a room that was filled, like painted in colors that don't exist on our color spectrum. That's just unfathomable. It was like, you just would have to, you could not just let that go. You'd have to delve in. And that to me was what, I guess, mediumship discover all afterlife evidence research. It was felt like to me, let's see, Dustin. I also want to ask, how did you first know you were a medium?
1: Um, so Brittany asked me that question too in the earlier podcast. So um Oh
0: well so sorry, you have to go <laughs> say the same shit we'll again and again. The,
1: the stories line up. They're gonna they're gonna compare always oh, oh yeah, <laughs> well- well, I'll do like a
0: scientific study of it, where I like line it up, write points, check off, and be like, "Let me see how true this is." You're
1: like, hmm, yeah, they're gonna be yeah. So it, it's a process. So I always equate it as as a process, right? So so it's never like you just kind of have one moment, right? And you're just like, "Oh my gosh, this is who I am, and this is what is happening," right? It it, it doesn't happen, right? So. <laughs> There's actually, if you want to get into the real nitty gritty literature, there's actually some identity models for mediums of how integrating the identity of a medium happens over time or how it actually that that identity development. So for me, there were signs as a child, Um, you know, I was seeing shadows, um, faces in the shadows, and my dad would have actually come in to my bedroom uh, with a can of air freshener. And he would actually spray the air freshener around my room in the closet, under the bed, anywhere that there was, you know, dark shadows. Uh, And he would say, this is going to get rid of the monsters. And that was how I was able to sleep. And that's actually a technique that I use now for people with uh, sensitive kids. Um, That's actually something. So I got that from my dad. (laughs) But so over time, there were, you know, obviously other things that have happened. But I didn't have a name for being a medium or knew what it was until I met my mentor, John. And that was when I was 19. And that was like a Harry Potter moment when Hagrid told Harry, you know, you're a wizard, Harry. John had told me, you know, medium. <laughs> and I didn't believe him, you know. I was like, what? No, you're crazy. You know, it's, what is that? And, and then, yeah, I started working with John. Um, long story short. And, uh, yeah, that's how I discovered and embraced and started working um, as a medium.
0: In your childhood, was had, had you ever met mediums? Was it something that was like considered something people could do? Because according in my life, I never met a single one. I was, I mean, it, it just would have like it was. It was just not even on the radar of reality.
1: I was raised. My mom's side is Catholic, and my dad's side is non-denominational Christian. And so we were not raised in a, I would say, a, uh, like we may think of a traditional. Christian childhood. We didn't go to church every Sunday. We celebrated Christmas, but we didn't read the Bible every day. We said like prayers here and there, you know, before bedtime. But we never had any mediums, any any new ageism, any any spiritualism, nothing outside you know, I, I had never been raised or, or that was never shown to me. So it's kinda interesting. My whole family's like, How did you get to be like this? <laughs> Right. How are you a, a spiritual therapist, a, a psychic medium? How are you doing all of this spirituality stuff, you know, when you never had anything like that? I mean, it was it was really something, you know.
0: So actually, you are the only medium I know. I'm sure you're not the only one in the world, but you're the only one I know who is a therapist as well. How do the two play into each other? Because both are very healing. I, I mean, I, I'll... Shut up about what my opinions would be. I just think it seems like a really good thing. So
1: and so my idea and actually this is also in the literature, if you do any any research about mediumship and paranormal journals and things but most mediums have some kind of healing background or they have some kind of interest in psychology or they've communication or some kind there's been some life experiences or something in there you know they don't have to be licensed therapists but they've had some kind of interest or some some, Tyler Henry's a good example he talked about being a nursing aide I think for a while he was a you know so most of us have had some kind of healing background in in that way and so they go hand in hand so like similar like i was describing when a spirit's you know uh, talking about abuse right i'm not gonna laugh and smile and share oh they were abusive right i'm (laughs) gonna tap into those counseling skills right? right give them the space my tone of voice how i deliver right give them time to process right if they're crying give them time to process right don't just keep talking over them while they're crying you know if i can give any medium some helpful tips um and then similarly when i do my counseling work uh, all the time i'm getting psychic information empathic information about my clients, especially in crisis work. If you do crisis counseling, I've done a lot of crisis counseling. You need to be able to build rapport and know what's going on very quickly. You need to be able to get in there and make it work, right? It's a crisis. So being intuitive, that is a huge edge, to any type of crisis intervention, any type of crisis counseling, but they go hand in hand. They are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Now there are some ethical rules, right? I can't go into a full blown reading in a counseling session. I can't be like your father's here and then bill insurance, right? Oh, it'll be $180 from from Blue Cross Blue Shield. There you go. Oh yeah, it's father had all kinds of things to say, right? Like that's not okay. But a lot of intuitive information does come up or or it moves my line of inquiry, right? I kind of know where to go or I kind of know what to ask. I kind of know, you know, does that make sense?
0: That does. Um, I just have a question, like with crisis. Do you focus on grief or all kinds of like immediate crisis in someone's
1: life? I worked in community mental health all three years of my master's and clinical work experiences in the community and so yeah community mental health <laughs> you're gonna get anyone walking in the door right Joe schmo's coming in with why wow. you know, it, it's any and all of the above
0: <laughs> yeah and we've had it's, so it's, much societal trauma the past two any
1: years. all of oh, the yeah. above You ever wonder what mediums do with their free time? How about a 30-something-year-old gay medium living in New York City? Well, in this podcast, you're about to find out. Welcome to Ghost Daddy, a place where LGBTQ spiritual people and our cis-hetero allies, of course, have a place to just be themselves and spread their wisdom. This is the new face of spirituality. None of that love and light, toxic positivity crap. So pour yourself a vodka soda, <laughs> open up your mind, and start listening. You can listen to the Ghost Daddy podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts.
0: Inspired by David Justus, who died after a nearly two-year battle with glioblastoma, JET, Joyful Experience Team, was founded by his son, Oliver Justus, and his best friends, River Attard, Leo Gerstein, Jack Gorenstein, and Felix Ward. Jet seeks to create joyful experiences for families struggling with brain cancer, a chance to enhance their lives with experiences that are rich in love and will be treasured for all time. We believe, like David did, that life should not be measured in time but in joyful moments. JET will allow families coping with this painful diagnosis to go to special events and be treated like VIPs. Go to makingheadway.org forward slash JET for a complete list of programs and activities. uh, This just hit me as a question. This is not one of my prepared questions, but just hit me with you doing counseling and crisis do you do any this is sent my sound a little out there do you do, ever do like counseling or healing for anyone who's passed away
1: you mean counseling spirits on the other side
0: yeah yeah like <laughs> if they <laughs> I don't know laws of the universe are very different than I thought um, it was possible right
1: I don't know I I've had spirits <laughs> thank me for delivering messages had a, a little voice in my head at the end say thank you so I would like to think, yeah, I'm helping spirit heal, right? It's not just the sitter, it is also the spirit. But full-blown counseling, <laughs> I'm like summoning a spirit into my office and I'm like, oh, you're going through so many things, no.
0: <laughs> I I, here, talk to me, let's talk about like, oh my how you're goodness. coping with facing your death. <laughs> like,
1: no. <I> <laughs> no, but I do believe in counseling spirits. I think when we cross over, I do think that there are spirits or counseling spirits that do help us when we cross. I do,
0: and that's probably something you could do one day. Hopefully, not for a very, very long time. <laughs> like, not My time.
1: I'll say, I'm back, everybody.
0: I'm Way down the line. <laughs> Have you had any like, or what would you say was the most? What the fuck? Like there is something in the most extreme evidential thing that you've had happen to you either giving a reading or just in general like saw someone sitting there
1: um i need a little help understanding your question list so are you saying like uh dating for me and my own spiritual journey or mediumship readings or
0: that there's evidence of an afterlife, like picture me, oh, okay. like my first few months, if I was like, has something happened in a reading or something that has happened to you, maybe a spirit coming to you that just inexplicable by normal means evidence that hmm. consciousness is non-local. Is there anything you'd say that was like the most extreme or the best evidence you ever got in a reading? I mean,
1: had of highly evidential readings but if you're asking about my personal
0: or in a reading like the most of ama- if you're i don't know if that constitutes is too private i know some of, like is there something you then you're able to share for re- something in a reading pops in that you would say is like the most evidential that you go to that you're like i still to this day cannot believe that happened
1: there was a reading i had actually with It was through a person in the UK, I believe. John sent me a link. And um, out of like 200, 300 people, the medium was describing a grandmother figure that there was a lot of drama surrounding the hospital stay and that there were questions about are they going to live? Are they going to die? Nobody in the whole two hundred, three hundred people, nobody claimed this grandmother. And I was sitting there and I was like, hmm, this sounds familiar. And then and then they went on and I was like I was like, this is for me. I was like, this is my grandma on my dad's side. And the evidence was fantastic about uh the, the controversy at the hospital. I don't know if my family's going to appreciate this, but I'll share so so <laughs> my dad and my grandma were estranged for ten years, and when she had an accident, she fell and hit her head and had a brain bleed, and they didn't catch it in time, and so she underwent three or four surgeries. My grandpa Bill was just putting her through the ringer, doing everything he could to try and get her to live. I knew when I went in there i said it's it's she's, and I gave her a kiss goodbye because I knew. And I said, "This is going to be the last time I kiss her goodbye." And my dad was in the room, and so our whole family was there. And it was—you could cut the the tension with a knife. I mean, it, it was. You, you could. My whole body was tense. I mean, oh my God! It it was. It it was like you could just cut it with a knife. And. When the medium went on to describe the life situations at hospital, visit, how people, uh, the my family were reacting, I said, "This is incredible." I said, "This is exactly how this went down." And I called my dad and I told him, and he said, "He said that that's exactly right. That <laughs> I'm, re- I'm I'm crazy. I'm remembering this right, right." And he said, "Yeah, I remember that too." And so that was an and arrest. this
0: was another medium reading. Reading in a group, and you hadn't realized the claim.
1: 100, 300 people, and nobody claimed this, and it was exactly like my grandmother and our family experienced in the hospital room. And the medium was very specific. And uh, I don't even remember who this person was. (laughs) I I, I joined John's group or whatever, and he sent me the link in an email. I just hopped on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh <laughs> I mean I it was just so random. I just wow. happened to be there. they didn't It was just so crazy. And uh, John of course is laughing. He's like, of course you get picked, of course. And I was like, it's my first time I've never been on this thing. But in my personal life, I would say it really started hitting me when I got feedback from my clients when I, when they showed me the evidence I was giving in the readings, like with you with your grandpa with the watch, When you showed me that picture of the watch, I think you showed me it. I didn't.
0: My mom described it, and I showed you a picture of the dresser.
1: Oh, you showed me a picture of the dresser. It wasn't the watch. It was the dresser. I'm sorry. So to actually see the photos, and to, like, it's right there, right? Like, this is what I saw, and oh, my God, that's the photo, (laughs) right? It's like, it's, it's like, I cannot, I cannot argue with that it's there right if right? that's the freaking photo right that's yeah. the dresser that's it's the video and
0: that's what you saw
1: it's like the stories when people give me the emails and they say dustin i went back and i asked this and i've saved i have literally probably 100 200 emails over the course of like 10 years that is what has solidified it for me all of the consistent validations over a span of 10 years. You know, yeah. that's,
0: I mean, that's all amazing. I get chills even talking about this now. It's, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I have one more question and then we have one more. I, I don't know how you're doing with time. I don't want to like over hog your time, okay. but it, yeah. is it okay? Ask one more question. We have one more mm-hmm. viewer question. And then I'm going to have like a closing question your proper, like closing for when I work. Rec- post this if that's okay this is something people ask me sometimes and and they're like do you get uncomfortable hanging out with the mediums your friends can they just read your mind you know i mean if i'm thinking something <laughs> or anyone like we all have our awkward thoughts we probably don't want the whole world to know like do you hear like the dialogue in people's heads
1: oh you're asking me that
0: i'm asking oh, <laughs> sorry sorry
1: okay. yeah. i thought you were just oh, oh no,
0: no i'm no. asking you i'm saying like i mean um, i know yeah, because yeah. I know people, have friends have even asked me, they're like, aren't you uncomfortable, like, being friends with mediums? Like, they, know, they do they just know, like, every single thing you're thinking?
1: So this is, again, where the edge of me being a therapist comes in. So I have learned to set boundaries. I have boundaries with my friends and family. I will not read for friends at, at like, a gathering. Uh, you know, this is our time. We're we're friends, right? We're having friend time. We're having a shared experience. Work is another time, right? If you want a reading, I have a whole list of FFF people that I can refer you to, right? Right? Uh, It's not going to be me, right? I'm referring you to the list. So it's it's those boundaries. So I I will set them. Now, once in a while, Spirit will do a push, of course. Um, And those are few and far between. And there's a reason for those times. But it's almost never with friends or, or family.
0: So you're not like hanging out, even like just going to dinner party or any party with friends and then their friends. And you're like, oh, God, that person is cheating on their boyfriend with this person. And they're thinking they want to break up with them. The boyfriend's ready of- to propose. I mean, just all the awkward <laughs> shit that goes on in lives.
1: You're talking about kind of like psychic static um that's you know that happens with younger mediums and psychics right They don't have those boundaries that don't have the to know how to close it right or to, to separate but again a push will happen if somebody's going through something pretty severe usually i'll get a sense and i'll be like hey you know how you doing <laughs> right i don't want to say are you okay but i'll be like how you doing you know and uh, kind of open that door. But for like a full-blown reading, that doesn't usually happen, right? If we set those boundaries there. You know, they they can refer out, right? They're going to find another medium.
0: And right. you don't hear just the dumb thoughts people have. Like you might know something severe, know. Like someone's yeah. like parent died recently or a boyfriend passed but you wouldn't know like i'm mean, just the asinine thoughts that run through our head. like that's we wouldn't like, be at a dinner party and you'd, i'd be sitting there i don't know i'll just think of like the stupidest thing like god this is I'm, i put on ugly eyeshadow mm-hmm. i'm feeling super insecure now like that's you wouldn't be knowing oh this shit's what running through this girl's head.
1: psychic static so um yeah. again that's usually something younger you know less experienced mm-hmm. mediums and psychics have that don't know how to shut it off or set those boundaries.
0: That would probably be really irritating for a medium, I would think. So her art vines, this will be the last reader question we're taking. Dustin will kill me because I could keep on for 12 hours. and I'll be like Liz. <laughs> Seriously. So when I, so this is from her art vines. When I meditate, I see shapes and colors that move. They aren't distinct, so sometimes I can't tell what they are. But also faces, eyes, angels, hearts, butterflies are perceptible. How should her art vines interpret
1: that? Hmm. So I would be hesitant to tell her an exact interpretation. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's several possibilities here that I would encourage her art vines to sit with and really you know, meditate and reflect and ask spirit for guidance. That to me could be, uh, maybe it's a message from a loved one. Maybe it's her connecting to her guides. Maybe it's her, she's just meditating and these are just floating thoughts coming in and and they're coming out. That's something that's going to take some time to to really sit with. I I would be hesitant to tell her an exact, because I I don't know. I don't have enough information with that.
0: And then I know people have asked me this a lot and it always comes up at Forever Family Foundation events and just when people have messaged me this ideally obviously everyone wants to be able to connect with their loved ones on their own do you have any suggestions for how all of us who are do not have your abilities how we can all connect with our loved ones ourselves or know and, if they're around us or what can we do
1: so when I when I teach um, intuitive and mediumship development courses I'm teaching a couple later this month I always talk about this so I don't I don't want people to be dependent on me right that that's not my intention <laughs> right uh, actually a joke we say in the therapy world is, is my my job is to get fired <laughs> so I, I don't I, my, if I'm doing a good job it means you don't need me anymore right you know that that your loved ones are with you same as being a medium right you know that your loved ones are there you you know right so you don't you don't need the readings anymore right you you, you have that so something I encourage people is I always believe in a signs journal. So asking your loved ones for signs. And then when you do receive the signs, uh, to write them in a journal, right, to kind of say, okay, on this day, at this time, I got Can you
0: just explain what a sign is? Because for if anyone doesn't know, like, I wouldn't have known that my first
1: Yeah, so it's something that's different or unique out of the ordinary, that kind of reminds you of someone who's passed, right? Or or something that kind of if it's a spirit that's communicating the sign. So, for example, one of my signs for my grandma is uh, a rainbow. And so that sign came to be because the Christmas before she died, one of our last conversations, in fact, this might have been the last conversation I had with her. She had told me that she had always wanted to go on a cruise. And um, I had been on like six cruises because my other people paid for them. So I didn't have to. Um, <laughs> have Lucky
0: that. you. Okay, not all of us <laughs> lived that I, just said yes.
1: I went on. <laughs> but um, anyways, she, she had told me, I said, Grandma, just do it. Just do it. Well, she did. she never did it. And then she died. So that's something that will be with me for the rest of my life. So I always share people, if you're thinking about doing something, just do it. Just do it you never know. I mean, she had an accident and died. That's my grandma. And you never know how much time you have. So when the next cruise I went on later that year, one of the excursions, I think it was in fact, the first stop on the boat, it started to lightly drizzle. And I looked over and there was a rainbow uh, right over the ship. And now I had already started to associate rainbows with my grandmother because the day of her service, she had worked as a security officer at St. Joe Hospital for over 20 years. The day of her funeral service, there was a rainbow over St. Joe Hospital. And I have a photo of that on my Instagram. So you guys can fact check it if you want. I made a post of that. And so when on the cruise, there was a rainbow. So that solidified for me rainbows are from grandma (laughs) you know what i mean that that is for me that is her way of connecting so a sign typically it happens over time right that's kind of like something that's coming or that's you're associating with somebody but it's unique and personal to one person and to you so that you know that that sign is 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 a message or from them, right? Does that make sense? Does that?
0: I think so. And have you gotten rainbows from your grandma? uh not
1: recently. No. (laughs) Does
0: she come talk to you? Do your loved ones come talk to you?
1: Verbally? No, not really. Mm. Once in a while, I just kind of feel their presence. Sometimes I'll just be like, "Oh, I think think." Yeah, somebody's here or... or. But for me, it's typically a a symbol or a sign, like the rainbow with my grandmother. With my grandpa, it's uh, it's ants.
0: (laughs) Ants like the bug?
1: Yeah, so when I was child, my brother and I, we would use fly swatters and we would go in my my uh, grandparents' backyard and we would swat ants and my grandpa would assign points to the ants. And so every point we get points for every ant. That we oh, that's, so that's, that's like a special connection I have with him, you know, with the ants, which is kind of funny. Ants in an odd place or a unique place that's usually a symbol like he's around or he sees. I suspect I'll see one around the holidays somewhere.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to share that my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A sciencey Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife is available now for sale. If you go to wtfjusthappened.net, you can see the link to buy it. I'll also have the link in the podcast show notes. I know many of you want to know, how exactly did I come to change my mind about the afterlife? Well, This book is all about the first stages of my exploration into this afterlife evidence to where I'm at today. It starts with the awful part of when I lost my dad, how as a science-minded atheist, I first began to explore if there was any possibility of an afterlife, and what and who I found most compelling. I also share some stuff that was not so compelling, such as a very clearly fake psychic medium reading and a pretty ridiculous seance. But that's balanced by some amazing peer-reviewed studies on mediums, medium readings, parapsychologists, and just a whole bunch of what the fucks, including some really inexplicable personal things that happened to me, and some really incredible signs I got from my dad. Despite the topic, it's actually funny mainly because I'm just like such an awkward person. And you also get to learn about all the amazing people and incredible characters I met along the way, as well as more about the research that helped change my mind. And some of the people you learn about have become some of my really good friends and mentors today. So go to wtfjusthappen.net and order it. If you've already read it, please rate and review on Amazon. I cannot tell you how helpful that is. And share with any friends who might be interested. Thank you all. I'm so excited to finally share the full details of this crazy exploration with all of you. As I'm sure you've heard, the Supreme Court in the United States just overturned Roe v. Wade which protects a woman's right to have an abortion if she chooses. Now it's illegal in some of our states. If anyone is looking to obtain an abortion and you live in a state where it's illegal, you can check the following sites. I suggest using a VPN, virtual private network, which hides your identity on your computer or phone. These are the sites, womenonwaves.org, Women on web.org aidaccess.org, plancpills.org, wholewoman's abortionfunds.org, and of course planned parenthood. I linked all of them on our Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore, and they're saved in our stories. These are also great places to donate and see if they need any help. And now we're going to pause for a second for the question of the week. So Mia asks, why don't evil people, dictators, child abusers all have NDEs? If there are loved ones on the other side who want the best for us, why don't they make that happen? So evil people grow and stop causing so much harm. Okay, so I get what you're asking. Now, for people not familiar with NDEs, those are near-death experiences where someone is clinically dead and then they're resuscitated and come back reporting experiences such as seeing loved ones on the other side. They are really fascinating and good evidence of survival of consciousness in an afterlife. Dr. Bruce Grayson and Dr. Sam Parnia are some researchers to check out on this topic. You can also listen to my episode with researcher Dr. Jan Holden and an episode I had where I spoke to an NDE experiencer, Jacob Cooper. Overall, during NDEs, these people report coming back transformed, very loving, much more emotionally involved. There was I forgot the exact story, but there was someone who always wanted to fight people and was like a very angry guy, and he came back just wanting to only help and caring about people. And when people come back, they care a lot less about things like money and power and really more just about love and helping people. So in theory, a dictator with a lot of power, like, say, Putin, who had an NDE, could come back and transform the world. Or an abuser who hurt their family, while they couldn't transform the world to the level Putin could, they certainly could transform the world for their family and loved ones. Or then you take even a meh person with tons of power, like Jeff Bezos. He could come back and transform workers' rights and environmental aspects of shipping and packaging. But, you know, none of those people have had NDEs as far as I know. So the only true, honest answer I can have is, I don't know. I've always thought the same thing and that it would be really great if this did happen. I can give some theories I know that mediums would say that there is a purpose to life and maybe that would interfere with this person's growth and who they are supposed to be in this life and all the people's lessons they're supposed to learn who encounter these people. Others might say that Earth is supposed to be a challenge, and that would take away a lot of the challenges that people are supposed to face, who encounter and have to deal with these difficult people. I mean, maybe. I, I can't really have an opinion on that. Um, in terms of research. People have no idea why some people who are declared clinically dead and get resuscitated have NDEs, and then others don't. I can't begin to touch upon that at all. So you take it to this question, I I can't answer it either. I mean, in terms of terrible people having NDEs, and why some people do and some don't, maybe some things in this world really are just completely random. Maybe, maybe not. There are just so many ways to look at this, from the purely random all the way to that there is some grand plan and role we are all supposed to play for our highest growth, to many possibilities or theories in between those two. Yeah, I really wish these people would all have NDEs too. I mean, actually, it would probably be amazing if everyone had one. But then... You know, if there is a plan to all of this, if we were supposed to know and be that, and I'm using air quotes here, enlightened, we would all be able to remember and know the other side and the NDE lessons without having to have that bodily trauma of an NDE where we almost died or were injured. So anyway, I wonder the same thing. I really have no valid answer beyond just theorizing, but really good question. If you have a question you want me to answer, send it to hello at WTFJustHappened.net and put question of the week in the subject. I know I usually say first names, but if you want to be completely anonymous, let me know. And feel free to reach out anyway, even if you don't have a question. I can't wait to hear your questions and hear from you. Okay, well, oh my God, thank you so much, Dustin. Since I'm also going to be posting this on the actual podcast, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Because I could keep this conversation going all night and it's, we're already running <laughs> over. And I- yeah,
1: so, um, I'm i on all social media platforms, most of the big ones. So I have a uh, Facebook, I have my um, public page, Dustin Livers, it's just my name. I, Instagram, at Fabulous Dustin. And then uh, my website, www.dustinlifers.com and people can book readings on there i do group readings individual readings and so if people are curious about that they can go right on there and then um, i do need more people for the classes coming up so there's still spots in there so if people are interested in intuitive development or mediumship development i still have some spots
0: and those will be virtual so people can come from anywhere
1: Yep, they'll be on Zoom. Yep.
0: And then I guess I should ask this. Do people need to have abilities or talents to do them? Or are these nope. classes open to anyone? Like I could come.
1: Anybody. So everyone will receive something more than what they came in with. <laughs> <laughs> the promise I'm willing to make.
0: <laughs> yeah, and from what I've heard and even my own experience, people with no abilities will suddenly have weird things happen to them. and They take me to yep. classes. When like you'll... that happened to me.
1: Things happen. So
0: take Dustin's <laughs> classes. I, I was blown away when I took classes before. So if I can have spiritual like weird medium stuff happen to me, anyone can. So yes, I'm gonna promote Dustin's classes. Take them.
1: <laughs> thank you, Liz. <laughs>
0: You're welcome and thank you so much for being on and thank you all of you for coming. If any of you are my followers and are not following Dustin, please follow him. He's I love him. He's amazing. Oh. and thank you. thanks all of you. get more information on What the Fuck Just Happened, go to WTFJustHappened.net. There, you can order my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife. And you can learn all about how I came to conclude that there most likely is an afterlife. You can also learn about the early stages of my grief, and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. And if any of you have had a crazy what-the-fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore or email me at hello at WTF dot net. And remember... You don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened.